but we've got big stuff going on. We've got a big show, so we, we don't want to leave you hanging for too long. Uh, as we all settle back down into the room, uh, let me introduce our next guest, who's uh, a surprise guest tonight, and he's joining us via Skype. Yeah, give me a minute. Uh, I, th- I think he's he's he may be at home. We're gonna find out. Um, but it's interesting because controversy mm-hmm. has been stirred uh, here recently from an article that he wrote, and we're talking about Kevin Short. Buddy. And it was really more more than a Kevin. an article. It was a fact fact <laughs> finding article that analyzed the payout structure of our professional leagues, FLW and Bass, over the last half a dozen years. And what he uncovered really, um, it, it stirred it stirred a lot of emotion in people, um, you know, and and a real big decline in payouts over the last four or five six years. Does that surprise you, Pete? Does that surprise you that the payouts have been going down instead of up in recent years? No, I mean, after having making a made a living at it for so long, you watch it go down. And you watch it go down and down and down, and uh, uh, it's been frustrating for all of us anglers that are that are trying to make a living. I think it's shocking to the general community, right? You know that this is going on. They're probably learning about it for the first time. First time we talk about it a lot as pros, right? We get yeah. around the water cooler and you know get around the bar and we we have beers and we we piss and moan, you know, just like everybody else would in their yeah. particular profession. But what I think. Kevin did, which was so awesome, is he really put it put it in an easy to understand that pie chart pie format. Chart. You can't get easier than that. Said, look, man, you know this is not my opinion. Yeah, this is what's going on. Yeah. These are the numbers. Right. You know, here it is. You yeah. just you decide how you yeah. feel about it. And it's dispelled a lot of myths because mm-hmm. there's still a large contingency of people. And Jake, I know you know this. They they sit back. They're watching TV. They're seeing you jack them on a regular basis, and they're like. Oh, dude, these guys, are fuck, they're living the life. They're, man, they're rolling in it. And yeah. and that's not true. That's not true. Except so for you. No, that's not true either. <laughs> uh, here he goes, joining us via Skype from who knows where, because he's a world traveler now, because he's the international guy at Bass Cat. Mm. He may be in Australia right now. We don't know. Uh, joining us via Skype, looks very relaxed, The very own, our very own Kevin Short, everybody. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. I saw you in Canada a few days ago, eh? Yep, eh? Sure did, eh? How was your Canadian uh, escapade? Man, it was really good. It was uh, it was a good time. Got to see some uh, some folks that I haven't seen in a long time. Got to meet some uh, meet some new people. That's the cool thing about going up there is, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people up there. So it's like everybody that I meet is, uh, you know, it, it's like meeting a lot of new people. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting because it's a totally different, you know, it's a totally different environment. And, the you know, the fishing community up there, when it comes to bass fishing, you know, it's a real small kind of tight-knit community up there. Yeah. And they're all just eat up with it, man. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely eat up with it. So it's it's it is it's a lot of fun to go up there. Gotcha. Now I, I want to ask you one silly funny question before we dive right into this, and this is a Canadian question. Uh, yeah. Who has a better rack, <laughs> Dave Mercer or Mariku Azumi? Oh, Mariku, no doubt. She has better rack than Dave. <laughs> she has a well. I don't know. Dave's got a pretty nice rack. <laughs> hey, Mike, this is a lot easier to look at. How about that? I, I just want to remind you of one thing before you take any more shots at Mercer. What? Um, you're going to be walking across that stage in a I, couple that weeks. That wasn't a shot at Dave. <laughs> and, and, that and, was a compliment. And I think you might owe him something. I do owe him something. He's yeah, going to get it before yeah. I leave here on yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Kevin, he let's, hasn't let's, forgotten. I uh, know. Let's jump into it. Um, I love it. I, I read it. I, I looked at a lot of the response uh, from several of the websites and, of course, through social media. <laughs> Dude, you have stirred the pot with this thing. Do you want to talk about it before we get into some questions? Tell, tell me about why did what was the motivation? Why did you write that piece? You know, 
I've been just, I mean, just like you, just like Pete, just like every other pro angler. I mean, I've been asked for years and years and years. <laughs> Man, you guys must make just a ton of money. You know, you get all your stuff for free. It's, you know, it's just, it's looked upon as not maybe quite what it is. Um, and Special J and I kind of got to, got together a few months ago. And, you know, uh, Special J is special. I mean, he's not, you know, he's, he's like out there. Okay. Mm. Uh, I love him. I've got a lot of respect for him, but dude, he is like, he's in a different time zone than the rest of us. And that's not a bad thing, but he is in a different time zone. We kind of got together and, uh, I kind of laid out this, you know, I said, look, you know, I think we need to kind of dispel some of these myths, maybe tell people, Hey, this is a great sport. It's wonderful. It's a lot of fun. It's very fulfilling, but what you you know what the average fan sees maybe is not necessarily the whole story okay so you know we kind of got together and the first thing you know one of the questions like i said one of the questions that i get asked the most is man you guys must just be rolling in it you got new boats you got new trucks you know you drive you got new tackle all the time it's just like money just falls out of the sky and it's like well, no, it's not quite that way. <laughs> so I, I mean, I basically just sat down and it's like, and, and I, I mean, this is stuff. I mean, this, this little piece that you're talking about with the, with the pie charts. I mean, that's stuff that I've kind of thought about in my head, but I've never actually sat down and put the numbers to it and, you know, kind of, uh, put it all in a spreadsheet where you could actually see the numbers. And yeah. when I did that, I was like, well, damn, that's pretty interesting right there. Yeah. And I did it, you know, I did it with uh, the Elite Series the last couple of years, and they were very consistent. Um, you know, the, the percentages were very consistent. And I'm like, well, okay, I wonder, like, in 2004, what was it like? You know, or 2006, you know, so I went back, and, you know, I still had those numbers uh, in my files and stuff, and I went back and, and kind of, you know, put all those numbers in my spreadsheet, and I'm like, well, wow, that's, you know, that's a big difference right there. And then I yeah. thought, well, and then I wondered, and, and I'm not, I'm not as familiar with FLW, you know, cause I mean, I just, I don't fish that. I don't have as much uh, info. And so I got those numbers and then I went, I mean, when I, when I ran those through my little spreadsheet and, you know, added everything up and did the percentages, I'm, I was like, well, damn, no wonder those guys are wanting to get away from that. Okay. And, and I mean, that's just, I'm not making a judgment on anybody, but when you look at, I mean, you know, you, you can, we can all have our opinions about why this is better than that or whatever. But when you look at the numbers, you can't, I mean, you know, you can't dispute that. Yeah. Does, does it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not making stuff up here. You does know? it surprise you that both organizations are going backwards instead of forwards in their payouts? Not with the uh, well, Mike. Let me say this: I don't know that they're going backwards. I mean, that that may be that may not be the right way to look at it. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I guess you could say that, but I, it's just it's changed. I mean, I, I think the the sport as a whole, when it comes to the money side, has changed. Obviously, it has on the elite series side. Because the entry fees are so much higher. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the payback is higher. Yes. Because the entry fees are higher. Right. Well, I mean, that's, you know, duh. I mean, that's a no brainer. Um, I, you know, I, I would, I would really like to know. I mean, I would really like to do a survey of the elite series anglers. And I don't know that. I don't know that the majority of them that you'd ever get enough responses to actually know, but I I would like to know two things. The first thing I'd like to know is out of those original, um, I, I think there's only like 48 or 50 left of the inaugural 2006 Elite Series season, out of those guys that are left, 
on the Elite Series right now, do you feel like, can you put a number to, you know, can you actually say, yes, I'm making more money now than I was in 2006? Yes or no? Right. I mean, I don't want to know how much, right. but it's a simple, yes, I'm making more money now than I was in 06, or no, I'm not. I, and I, I mean, I'll ask you, Mike. Yeah. Do well, I, you think, and you might have to ask Becky, I don't know, because <laughs> <laughs> I know how things work with you, you know, uh, do, are you making, you know, are you make? and you very well may be because your brand has gotten stronger the last 10 years, okay? I mean, there's no doubt, you can't, you know, you can't deny that. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it two ways, and the first way right. I'm going to answer it is I would like every year to be 2006 all over again. So I can win AOI every year. <laughs> sure. That's the first way I'm going to answer it. Uh, sure. Second way is I can tell you from a tournament earning standpoint, you know, <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about endorsements, but from a tournament earning right. standpoint, right. I think it was better in 2006. I really do. You know? Okay. Well, I, I would, yes. <clears throat> and and I, I'm not sure that, you know, the, the top five or six guys – the answer might be exactly the same. You know, yes, endorsement wise, uh, they, you know, the, the top five or six guys might be making more money. But I think as a whole, if you look at the field as a whole, I'm not sure that they're making more money, you know, big picture as right. a whole. Right. I, I have my doubts about that. Right. You know? Yeah. Let, uh, let, let me ask you this, Kevin. Uh, it's interesting because this sport is so small that you know something like this creates so much controversy in such a short period of time. Have you had any kickback or or resentment from either organization from the you know I got Bass or FLW? I got a note from the principal. Yes, you did. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I got a the, note from the principal. The principal so. wrote you a note. Yeah. Yeah, the principal wrote me a note. Did he so. smack you on the back of the hand with the ruler? <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far. But okay. that's, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that is, yeah, I got a note from the principal. Wait, let me uh, let me ask you this real quick then. Do you f- – now that you're retired, quote-unquote retired, Yeah. Do, did you feel the freedom to be able to write an article like this? Would you have wrote this article a year ago? You know, I probably would have. Because uh, it's, I, I mean, I really tried, I tried very hard not to be judgmental in any way. You know, I, I, you know, the only thing, the only thing that I said in that piece that I'm, you know, after reading it out there that I wish that I could take back is, I think I said something to the effect that it's sad you know, I think it's sad that after 40 plus years, this is where we're still at. Right. Okay. That's the only thing that I felt like was kind of a, a you know, a subjective or a judgment thing. Uh, other than that, it was just, here's the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Good, bad. I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not making that call. I'm just yeah. saying, hey. You know, I get a lot of people that ask this, yeah. you know, and then this is a way to start the discussion. And, you know, next week we're going to see something else. Yeah. We're going to see, a, you know, a different side of this whole story. And this is going to be, you know, this is going to be, um, I mean, it's going to be a long, drawn out story because it's complicated. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's it's a complicated issue, and uh, it's going to take a while to uh, to kind of throw it all out there. And I, hey, you know, it's you know, I'm not knocking anybody. Don't have an axe to grind. Nothing like that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, basically, I just give a shit about the guys that are still out there, kind of in the trenches, trying to make a living. Yeah. If I didn't give a shit about it. I never would have said a word, yeah. and I wouldn't be having this conversation right yeah. now. Well, I, I, I tell you, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. You know, I think it's great to bring things to light, good or bad, the reality of the sport. Uh, Kevin, I think you're in a great position to do that. You know, you're slightly removed from some of the pressures that, uh, you know, are <laughs> upon some of us where we can't talk freely and can't 
state sure. the facts freely. So I think it's great, and I want to thank you for writing that piece. Yeah, I thank you too. I mean, yeah. Great. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And thanks for coming on tonight to talk about it too on such short notice. We appreciate that. Well, anytime. I, in fact, I was just reading the. Uh, I mean, I hadn't looked at the Bassmaster website in like forever, and I was just reading that. Uh, Jacob was going to be on there, and little Ricky was going to be on That's there, right, and I'm like, yeah, they didn't put my name in there for some reason. So <laughs> no, it's all good. They no. wouldn't have ran the piece if your name was in it. This is the problem. Anytime I can visit with you guys on Ike Live, you call me, you let me know. Well, Kevin, awesome. we, we appreciate it. We appreciate the update. Thank Kevin you, buddy. Short, everybody. Thank you, guys. That's my- yeah, well, what, what are your feelings on all this, Pete? Well, I thought it was great. I, I picked it up on the Bass Blaster. Yeah. You know, um, Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where I picked up this piece and uh, looked at it. Um, had a discussion with Dano uh, just recently. Dano uh, from Advanced Angler. From Advanced Angler, who wrote two big pieces about this exact sort of thing. And, uh, you know, he, he had made a comment that stuck with me is the average elite angler makes 3.8 checks a year. Wow, the average elite angler does. Uh, so you three point eight checks is th- is thirty thousand dollars, right? You know, and the and uh, that's significantly less than the entry fees, wow. and certainly entry fees and expenses is less. And that's that's just the average guy. Yeah. And you look at it, uh, you know, straight up entry fees and expenses versus what you know your payouts are. I mean, it it to to. There's no it, – it's virtually impossible to have a long-standing career f- fishing for just winnings. Yeah. Right? And, and what this is telling us and telling me is the sport is morphed, and we know that. It, it's it's about sponsorships. Yeah. You know, that's where you're going to generate your longevity. That's where you're going to have your career um, is by cultivating and being able to help other businesses build their brands through this channel. That Bassmasters and FLW have created. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 where it's at. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's what an angler, you know, uh, that a young expire, uh, aspiring angler has to significantly consider is that you know you, you just not only got to be a talented angler, you got to be a really good businessman. You got to tackle both fronts at the same time in order to have longevity in this field. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Ricky, want to get your opinion? You've been. A pundit of the sport for a lot of years. Let me just put you on the spot. Is the sport today, are we better off today than we were 10 years ago? Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially after last year traveling a full season. Yeah, you saw it all. You were at every event That's across the country, deal. out to California. I mean, and back. it's just, you know, I, I feel like I kind of live the same lifestyle that the anglers do. Yeah. And it's uh, it's tough, man. I mean, it's a tough way to make a living. Yeah. Um. What I what I think is, you know, I agree with Pete. You got to be able to market yourself. You're a prime example of that. Uh, Gerald Swindle, prime example of that. There are a lot of good anglers out there that will never get that chance because they're not the the marketer that that you are. And I think that going into it, you almost have to have something else on that on that back end. Um, either own your own business, family money, yeah. know, something like that. It's almost got to be, it's almost gotten to a point where it's, it's an elitist sport because yeah. your average guy, he's going to struggle. I mean, he is really going to struggle. You know, yeah. boats, what, $70,000, trucks, $70,000. Yeah. Then you got entry fees on top of that, travel expenses, lodging. I mean, I know how much it costs. I did it, I know. And yeah. I had friends taking care of me is about the only reason, you know, I was able to do it for a full year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, it really is tough. I'd like to see, I'd like to see some things change. Yeah. I, I really would. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on all this, Jacob? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank all my sponsors, you know. <laughs> really? For, for Definitely. That, you know, uh, they're, like he said, you know, you can't make it off winnings. And, and for the great companies that allow us to work for them and stuff like that, thank you all for watching and everything. But, you know, like with the deal with uh, Kevin and everything, you know the facts are the facts. Right. I mean, when you know, I mean, evidently it's uh, if you get a letter from the principal, I guess you struck something, you know, to the heart. And you know, I don't, I don't know really much about it. And I don't, I don't really know what to say about it. But I mean, if uh, you know, like he said, we're kind of at a at a standstill. You know, I, I think that the, 
I think what he was saying about the 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 thing that we're we're not going backwards. I just think that the sport is still growing in in the right way it needs to go, but we're still the sitting, anglers need we're to still, grow with it. Yeah. yeah, we're still sitting at that level. Yeah. It's kind of what he's saying, and yeah, and and you, you never know what will happen. I mean, you know, it, it it could take off this year, and and we'll never look back. But yeah, you know, till till we get a change, yeah, you know, we're kind of. Yeah. I have a comparison that I like. You know, a lot of, I get asked that a lot. I really do get, you know, how to, and you do too, Mike. You do, Pete. Mm-hmm. Jacob, you do too. How do I become a professional bass angler? What, yeah. And what I always like to kind of compare it to is a golfer. You know, dudes that play golf make a lot of money. Yeah. And to me, you know, and I'm biased. I have a passion for the sport. You know, I, I, I love being a part of it. What y'all do is way harder than any other sport out there because that golf ball, when you set it on the tee, it's not going to, as you swing the club, <coughs> run over there. Yeah. You know, so what y'all do is, is extremely hard, and I think that the money just hasn't caught up with y'all's talent and ability. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, man, this is uh, probably not a it, good topic. No, this is this is we we actually have danced around this topic a thousand times on this right. show. And what it gets down to, and and, and I'm just going to say it real quick, and we'll go on to the next right. thing, is until, and I'm going to say it again. How many Pete? How many times have you heard me say this? You know what I'm going to say. Until the anglers organize, mm-hmm. and we have a say. Until the anglers become a group, and we have we we organize for just rights of right. what we do, we will always be second fiddle to the organization. Well, it's just that, like the PGA, right? You can't say you're a PGA pro. Unless you hold that card. That's true. But anybody can call whoever and order a jersey with 900 logos on it. That yep. is a problem within our sport. That's true. That's I, w- true. I want to see. I look forward to the day when the when the young kids qualify for, for the elites or the FLW tour. Yeah. And, and they get a, a, a contract or not necessarily a contract, but a method where, where they can take an honest-to-goodness stab yeah, they at, get a tour at turning card. this into a career. It, yeah, and they get a tour card. Here's, you your, know, here's your entry into the, be, into the tour. Because, you know, you got the layman anglers that are out there battling it, struggling for sponsors, taking small contracts because they have to, and they're getting along. But, boy, the young guy, the, the fresh qualifier, right. trying to go to a sponsor to because he doesn't have the presence. He doesn't have the right. brand yet. doesn't have any of this stuff. Yeah. And he wants to build it. He's on his track. Yeah. You know, but he's blocked. He's stopped it. it, it it's a hard thing to overcome. Yeah. You know, but it, it can is. be overcome. can. Be. You know, you look at, you know, some great guys like uh, Carl Jacobson, you know, yeah. with that, you know, cool Australian right. angle. And he's got hey, know, mate. great opportunity. Just <laughs> just got on with Bass Cat, I saw. And, uh, he said, you know, hey, mate. Hey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I think the sport has a lot to offer. Right. The sport's growing as a whole. Yeah. But I, I think you made a great point. The sport's going. The anglers are kind of stuck here. But you know what else I think? What's that? Is the the casual viewer watching this show right now yep. wants us all to quit whining. That's yeah. right. About fishing right. for a living. We're going to you know? quit whining. We're going to get to the next topic. <laughs> Before we do that, speaking of Carl Jockinson, I don't know if, if you knew this, but he eats Senkos on the Barbie. Oh. <laughs> he does. Nice. He a has salty. Senko. They're a little salty, but he likes Senkos on the Barbie. We got uh, a we got a message. Yes. Um, this comes from Jacqueline Parker Cherry. Oh Lord. Hank's wife. They're yeah. watching the, the the Cherry family is watching the show. And, Shout out to the Cherries. And they want to know if uh, how Jacob's love life is going. Uh-oh. Wow. <laughs> See that? We didn't put you on the spot. <laughs> it's, uh, let's see here. It's about, uh, I could be really mean to yeah. Hank right now because I know that came from Hank. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it's hanging in there. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> it's hanging in there. That's a good answer. Uh, let's continue with the light mood, and I think this is a good time. And I know a lot of the, our viewers wait for this every show. Uh, Drumroll, Brian the Carpenter, I think it's time for the Mystery Tackle Box unboxing. <laughs> unboxing, everybody. We're going to do our MTV unboxing. And, uh, you know, it's always nice when we have amazing guests in studio. And uh, the polite thing to do is we're going to let uh, Jacob and Ricky do the first uh, the unboxing tonight. And uh, we have... As usual, we have an an amazing 
MTB Pro box, uh, and this is the same box that you'll get uh, straight to the house. That's the this, February box. This is the February box. This is what will show up at your doorstep. Uh, load it with goodies. It's very exciting. It's like Christmas Day. Open this thing up. The seal is not yet broken on this. Uh-oh. And uh, what we do here is, is we just do an unboxing. We open it up, and we want to get your honest, unbiased opinions of some of the products on I, the inside. I have a little bone to pick with you Mystery did. Tackle Box. Okay. I got my February Mystery Tackle Box in the mail. Yeah. And it looks just like this and, uh, you know, logoed up. Yeah. And, of course, when I get it home... My my boy Jake yeah. immediately identifies that you know this th- he's got to open this up with me I so I I was forced to open it up with Jake yeah which means that I didn't receive any of those lures they all they went, all to, went Jake. to Jake wow <laughs> so I would I, I I'd like to uh, request the brown paper wrapping on the yeah. next box that comes to my it needs house. to be childproof <laughs> right, that's right. All right so go ahead Jacob it. open it up okay hand it over. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not even opening the box. I'm just watching. There it goes. It's very exciting. Uh, I heard the seal break. That wasn't a sound effect. This is this was the real seal uh, that broke wow. off of there. And there it goes. We've got we've got a instruction manual. What would you call that, Brian? A, a listing of all the products in yep. there. Detail uh, card tells you. Detail what's card tells you all about the box and yep. uh, what's coming. Yeah. Huh. What do we got? We got what? a Ooh. Lucky Craft uh, Fat CB. What? Got a wedge plus um, spinnerbait. A wedge plus. Trailers for some jigs. Stanley. Some Stanley wedge. Stanley wedge. Wow. Old, Old school. school. <laughs> got a booyah. Ricky, um, hold them up to the camera, bud. We got a booyah big spin. A uh, Yozuri little jerkbait type deal. Ooh, wow. A little jerkbait. Some mustad hooks. Wow. Um, and the crawls that were in there. Some crawls that were in there, and looks like Ish Monroe's hair. Look at that! Ish's hair! <laughs> Where's Ish's that? hair and MTV box! Ish's wow! That's pretty cool. Wait, how much is this thing? Uh, Brian Carpenter? That's $25 for that box. Wow! wow it's like 25 One crankbait. Man, yeah, it's, right? it's loaded for bear. Loaded for bear. A lot of great products. Man, it never ceases to amaze. Especially in this pro box, dude. Dude, that little thing looks tight. It, it's loaded. It's loaded with stuff. And here's the thing we always talk about. And every time we open one, I, I think the same thing. Is there there's stuff in this box that I would never in a million years buy on my own. You know what I right. mean? And that's what I love about this concept. It actually forces you mm-hmm. to take a look at stuff. Like, I, you know, just looking at those baits out there. That booyah thing, I would never in a million years throw that thing. But it's interesting. It, it opens up your eyes to new baits and new mm-hmm. techniques. Now you have it. Maybe now you have do it. Try it. Yeah. Right. And the, and right. the, yeah. the only way the Yozuri is going to get wet is if you get water damage in your house. That didn't, didn't have to get sent. What? Hating on Yozori? Why are you hating on Yozori? Wait a minute. Didn't you win an Alloway tournament back in the day on Yozori? We got to keep it real, though. We can't be like, oh, my God. And like a kid at Christmas, yeah, you don't want to offend saying. your parents. You don't get hey. shit next year. Yeah, did you man, or did you not throw Yozori? No, negative. No, no. No. That bullyah did not last 10 seconds. Jake Cotton was all over that. Booms. <laughs> so, hey, while Wait, we're... I just I got one question. I want to know who killed the deer. I think Brian the Carpenter, was that you? Or did you trash pick that? Uh, I got that out of a barber shop that I remodeled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean that's a um that, that looks like a Dave Dudley deer or that's something. A Mar- Craig Powers deer. <laughs> something mount or something. You know? <laughs> uh, All right, let's uh let's switch gears and let's jump into our TH Marine uh nice. products of the day. Uh and man, what what a great company. And we've got two that we're going to highlight tonight. I'm going to highlight one real quick, and then I'm going to let Ricky highlight one. Uh, both Ricky and Jacob highlight one because I know these guys use them on a regular basis. In fact, Ricky was instrumental in bringing one to TH. Uh, but I want to start with one that's sitting right here. And uh, we had a conversation off camera about fish care and how important fish care is. And we were talking about fizzing fish, and we were talking about culling. Um, but what you're looking at right here is is live well additive. Uh, TH Marine has this stuff called G Juice, uh, and it's phenomenal. It's it's live well treatment, and it helps to keep that fish alive. It does a lot of things. Helps to keep that slime coat on there. Helps to keep that fish relaxed. 
I mean, I got to tell you, every I want to say 99% of the guys on tour, I know for a fact are using live well additive, and it helps keep fish alive, and every ounce counts. Pete, would you agree? Well, it's, it's huge. I mean, with what we have to do with culling and the pressure that we put on fish, the boat rides, I mean, we have to use it. And this this is awesome stuff. That in conjunction with cooling down the water temperature, it just gets you extra weight every right. single day that you're fishing. Yeah, and every ounce counts. And, and, it, and you know, it goes beyond that because as as fishermen, you know, we, we got into this sport because we love the sport. Yeah. You know, and we you got to care for your catch. Yeah. And, you, you know, you this... These products from TH allow you to release those fish oftentimes in better condition than when you caught them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what we want, conservation of our natural resources, fish around for our kids to catch and their kids yeah. to catch. So uh, yeah. it's great stuff. Yeah, it's great product. Now, the next one, I'm going to turn it over to Ricky. Hold that thing up. We've seen this product before here on Ike Live. We've talked about it a little bit before. Um, but this is a cool deal, and I – I was one of the handful of guys that had this before it ever came to market. Ricky, tell me what this thing is and tell me what it does. Yeah, you, Jacob, uh, Gerald Swindle, John Cruz were all kind of a big part of this. But uh, Robbie Patterson, who owns Propeller Dynamics, and myself, uh, we like to trick out trolling motors. We like to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, we found a need on the especially the the motor guys where there's some harmonic buzz and noise and yeah i was telling robbie about it and i said you know if we could fix that we'd be on to something and like a week later i was at the shop he walked out the door he said hey take this home and put it on your trolling motor and uh what it does it it all those blades flex all those plastic blades flex under the the load under the water and they put off a harmonic buzz gene eisenman at hydrowave tested it for us with a with a hydrophone and he found this thing reduces the noise by over 50%. Wow. Um, That's a big but, number. Yeah, it Huge. is. By this O-ring kind of dampening that, that harmonic vibration that the the blade naturally puts off. There's nothing you can do about it, no yeah. way around it. Then we you know, then we found out that it works like a heat sink. It keeps your motor running a little bit cooler. I've had Minn Kota guys tell me that they were having issues blowing uh, circuit breakers yeah. running on high. They put the, the eliminator on, no more problems there. And, uh, you know, if you ever were on the water and got in a problem, like a, a broken blade on your prop or line. Happens all the time. You're fishing absolutely. shallow water. If you yeah. fish grass, you should be pulling your prop off every day anyway and cleaning that grass off because that little bit of grass on there puts enough drag on the motor that it wears your batteries down quicker. Um, I don't need any tools to get my, my prop off anymore. I just grab it with my hand, twist it off, bam, we're done. And, you know, Mike said it best. They look pretty daggone cool. Yeah. So you know that that's kind of the the evolution of it. We we developed it just a little over a year ago. Got a patent on it. It got out of our hands. We couldn't deal with the demand. Turned it over to TH, and the rest is kind of history. Wow, that's wow. awesome. So that's it. The Eliminator G-Force Eliminator prop. No. So you you can just twist that off and yeah, it's, it works kind of like an oil filter on your car. See, it's got that O-ring yeah, in the so back you, of it. You, you just, just kind of snug it up and yep. Tighten it up and you're good. Uh, that's good. Yeah. It's, well, it's, that's that that would really help me change my blade on my trolling motor because I think I changed it back in 2003 <laughs> once. There you go. <laughs> once. <laughs> so th- that's awesome. Look yeah. at that. But yeah, so, I mean, it really it, it kind of worked out good with Robbie being in the trolley. He's a factory certified trolling motor repair center. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know about trolling motors. And if if you fish grass and you pull your prop off and you got that little bit of grass on the inside of it. Oh yeah. It's putting more load on your motor i mean it's just no question the way it works and you pull that prop off every day and clean that off you'll get more life out of your batteries and you know longer life out of your trolling motor and that that makes it so easy yes sir that's amazing not to mention what uh braided fishing line yeah braided fishing up in there and the last benefit of that it freaking just looks cool it looks cool it looks really cool uh Let's go ahead, and I want to jump back into it. And, uh, Jacob, I don't know if you knew this, but we yesterday we posted on our social media sites. Uh, we just put an open-ended uh, request out. And if you had one question to ask you tonight, what would it be? And so I want to go over some of those tonight. Um, and I see this one come up a lot. <laughs> and we've talked about it tonight a little bit. Uh <laughs> No, I want to start with the regular one first. Uh, <laughs> I keep getting this question. Uh, Nathan asked it. Uh, Scooter Fishing asked it. And this is from Instagram. Uh, they want to know what is, if you had to pick one, what is your single 
favorite bed fishing bait for every condition. If you had one bed fishing bait to pick, what would that be? It'd be a V&M baby swamp hog. Okay, V&M baby swamp hog. It kind of, you know, it's kind of just a little creature bait. It it resembles crawfish. Uh, you know, it comes in all kinds of different colors. Um, it's just that little impact bait that if I had to pick one thing, that's what it would be. You know, I hate the color white. I was telling them I hate the color white. I think it's, um, you know, I've never seen a white crawdad or nothing swimming around. So, you know, why the only thing the white's for is for the angler. You know, they can't feel him. He's got to see him eat it. But, but there is that certain circumstance where, you know, a big one, a, a big female or something, she she gets really mad at something white. So you you got to have it. But I always start out with something natural. But that would be my first pick. Something that kind of resembles a brim. Because bass hate brim and brim hate bass, so they kind of duel with each other. So how you yeah. rig it? Are you rigging it light line or you just no? I I mean any anytime I'm bed fishing, I don't care if I'm smallmouth fishing to largemouth to spotted bass, unless it's a real clear like Beaver Lake or something. I wouldn't. But uh, I throw 17 pound test uh, uh, high seas or 17 or 20 high seas fluorocarbon on a 710 quantum rod, and that's I don't play with them. I mean I. I crack. Nice. You want? Do you use heavy weight to get it down to I, in, I to impact a, the fish, or you you go on light for a slow fall? Or what no, do you, I use a quarter. I use okay. usually use a quarter ounce or three eighths, or a three sixteenths. You know, somewhere it just depends light. on how. I yeah. like the lighter the better because mm-hmm. a lot of times you're. Uh, I say it in in our seminar stuff, you're playing catch with the fish, so um, you know you're popping it up in its face, and its reaction is you know if you if you got a dog and he's sitting there and he can't do nothing and you. You hop a piece of meat up in front of him enough times, finally he's going he's going to grab it, you know. So that's the concept of that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, awesome. We got a, we got another great one. Uh, <laughs> this one is a little less serious, uh, and this one comes from Twitter, and this was from Lenny ba- Baird, B A I R D, and uh, he asked, um, "Who would Jacob have as an anchor on his drinking team? Chris, Dave." Chris Daves, Blake Sharp, oh, or Derek Revitz. <laughs> we we got to find out if that's beer or liquor. <laughs> <laughs> we need a qualifier. Yeah, today. we need a qualifier. If it's beer, I'm going to have to go probably Blake. Derek Revitz. Derek Revitz getting if the it's nod. Liquor, if it's liquor, Blake Sharp yeah. will blow Revitz off the thing. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's that's amazing. All right, and here's one. Let's cover all the bases. Here's one from uh, Facebook, and this is Tara Rodas Jenkins, a female fan, uh, asked, if you had to choose one person to be part of your community hall, would it be myself or Kevin Van Dam? It's a loaded question. (laughs) I'd have to choose you. Yeah! (laughs) Wow! I get the nod over KVD on that. That's amazing. That's amazing. is that because he won't catch as many as Kevin would? That's right. That's because no, I suck. No, he can't. I don't think he can cast as far as Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that quantum stuff. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, how are we doing back there? Do you have something? I see you guys are a little, little twitchy back there. Dave, do you have a couple IMs you want to put through? What do you got happening? Go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, um, we have a, 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 a slew of Polish jokes that weren't supposed to get sent in to, yet, Mike Furman. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to wait till we said send the jokes in. Uh, but uh, I got this dude in Delaware I was going to call up. Yeah. And then we have some uh, we have some uh, the Polish trivia challenge. Okay. I didn't give you that paper yet. All right. Well, let's let, let's let's hold up on that. I I actually want to I want to break into some. We'll, we'll we'll get right into it. Get, let me get two more questions knocked out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the one is obviously we talked about it. We're on the heels of the classic, um, and I just want, I wanted to get uh, I want to get everybody's predictions on what's going to happen. I want to start with you, Jake. You, you know you've been there. You know Grand. I've been there. We've both scouted. We talked about it a little bit off camera. We've got an amazing warming trend. This is unique. This looks like the first time in about well shit forever. That a February classic is going to be a warming classic, not a cooling wow. classic. You have predictions. What do you think this classic is going to turn out to be? I think we're going to light them. I mean, I thoroughly think we're going to absolutely uh, 
light their fire. You know, Grand Lake is a, is an awesome lake. I mean, it's got a ton of bass in it, and I think we're going to hit it at that time. Uh, freak of nature, I don't know how it's going to do this. I mean, I was, you know, prepared to pack all kinds of warm clothes and all that stuff, and yeah. I still am just to kind of keep That's it right. where it's going to be. Because yeah. If we don't bring them, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be oh, of course. 15 degrees again and, you know, whatever. But my prediction is it's probably going to take uh, – I'd say I'd say the man that caught, if he could average eighteen to twenty pounds, yeah, consistently a day is gonna be you know right there, right there, right yeah. there at it. You know, I mean, Grand's a, a great lake, but it's it's still got a tremendous amount of three three and a half pounders in it. You know, catching five you know five five pounders or five four pounders is still you know pretty pretty tough. But somebody's gonna do it one day, but then they're you're gonna catch sixteen the next. So. That average, if you can average that, I think you'll be uh, yeah, you'll be sitting right yeah. there. It's loaded with two to two and a half pounders, dude. They're everywhere, uh, and and the bait is everywhere, dude. It's it's one of those lakes where, you know how sometimes bait is like uh, you know bait is, it's in this one creek and that's where the fish are, but in Grand and you remember <laughs> Pete for fishing there, dude. The bait I've, ne- is, I've never seen anything like it, dude. You you yeah. can't go anywhere without seeing the bait. How's that going to affect the classic, Pete? In your opinion? You know, I mean, I've never seen it. you from bank to bank. You idle across that lake wherever you're at, yeah. And it's just got bait. It's just balls and balls of bait. The pelicans come up from the golf and feed on the bait. All, all you know. But it, it's what I like about the classic, and I think uh, it was interesting. Um, you know, I was taught. I, I was hoping for a high, muddy water classic. You know. Because I, I honestly, I wanted it to be anybody's tournament, and I figured the local guys are going to have, you know, too big of an advantage if it goes, if it stays stable. You know, I've seen it too many times, yeah. and, and uh, I was with Brent Ayler at one one of our classes, and, and he said, why would you wish that? He goes, I fished a tournament there that was high and muddy, and Christy won it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, That's true. Yeah, the locals know how to adjust the conditions, yeah. so maybe my thinking on that w- was a little bit off. But what, what's what's the water temperature out there? Do you have a feel for the water temperature and what we can expect it to be during the well, class? Well, it's warming. It's warming. We had a, we had last week, it was mm-hmm. tremendously warm in the 60s and 70s. It looks like it's going to keep on that track. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing when we're there, it's going to be in the mid-50s and warming. That's a guess what it's going to be. But the water is dirty. The water's dirty. They've had a tremendous amount of rain there. So we're going to see a different Grand Lake in, in this year than we did three years ago. It's going to be completely different. And well, I, you know, my, my deal on that is I, I you know, we're, you're a little later in the season. Yeah. I still don't think you're going to be close to the spawn. And I think, uh, you know, I just think you're going to be benefiting from great warming conditions. Stained water is going to allow it to warm even faster. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of – I think it's going to be like – I remember in the 13 Classic, there was a separation between the guys that were right. catching them and the guys that yeah. weren't. And I think it's going to be a much tighter pack Tighter field. pack. Tighter pack. Now, Ricky, you with, with your association with Bass East, you've already interviewed lots of dudes about it. Looking at it from that perspective, what what are your what are your I, predictions? I think that it's a classic, and it could possibly snow that week. It could I mean, snow. It could. I mean, it's hey, the it's it the Bassmaster. When once you say Bassmaster Classic, right. shit goes down. I mean, it, you you remember how cold it was last year? Yeah, that was that was cold. Yeah. Um, you know, man, I think you've got the best anglers in the world, and it's hard to say who's going to win. I mean, right. it, it's like Jacob said, whoever is able to catch that big bag. And somebody's going to do it, yeah. And it is able to follow it up with some consistent stringers after that. Yeah, I, you know, I don't like picking guys because y'all are all so freaking good. It, it's just you know it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Now, I mean, one, can I say one thing about do that? It. Yep. I mean, you know, I've heard of I've heard of them delaying stuff for fog and and uh, delaying uh, stuff mm-hmm. for uh, I would you know windy conditions of it. But have you ever heard of delaying it because it was too cold? That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You told about going back to last year's mm-hmm. class. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's what's up this year? I mean, yeah. What it might rain for an hour. We're going yeah. to delay. It might be too warm. Yeah. That was un- that was unfortunate. That was really unfortunate. And I, I mean, <laughs> I, and I want you to point. talk about it. Let me talk about it real quick. I'm gonna let you talk about it. I felt like I was hurt by it. You know what I mean? Um, I had a little deal going. Like in the morning, I could catch a small window. Not like what you were doing, but I could catch a couple shallow, and. I call it the weapon bite. It was real key to me to catch a few early 
And then I'd go out deep, and I wouldn't get a lot of bites, but I'd get big ones. I only weighed four the first day, so I know that hurt me. And I was, dude, I was pissed. I, I was mad, dude. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going? What yeah. is going on? What? Can I ask a question yeah. about that before? The, why was it delayed? Was it a hazard because of the launch ramps? Well, or what was can, the reasoning for the I delay? I can say that when they launched, it was no warmer than it was two hours before because yeah. it was still 13 degrees. Yeah. I mean, it they did cold. have a problem getting a few boats off the trailer. But even so, I think all the boats were in the water by the right. time that we yeah, were, we were ready to launch. To, we were ready to go. You know, yeah. And just like any kind of wintertime tournament, I don't care if it's 7 degrees or 35 degrees. The first hour of that thing, it means everything, you know, yeah. if you get on the right deal. And, you know, uh, I, I I think I had the right deal kind of figured yeah. out. Um, but, you know, that that's uh, – I just wanted to bring it up. It yeah. was kind of a – one of those deals. I, I know Hank Cherry's watching at home, and he's probably done throwed a couple pillows somewhere or smashed a wall or something. You know, he he kind of he he was kind of like my little saving grace. We I went down there for probably two weeks and fished before that deal. Just me and him went down there, and spent the time, and and we we fished and had a great time together. And and I learned so much about that deal. You know, down there. And the last the last morning of practice when we uh, the last which was on Sunday. I put in at daylight, and I ran in there where I was fishing. And my first cast, I had my hooks bent over, but, like, one got it, you know, and I kind of just slow cranked him up to the top, and there was probably 60 to 80 with him. They started schooling all around the boat. I mean, oh it was it was the glory hole. I mean, it, wow. it was. And, and you know, I mean, you know, Casey's great angler and all that stuff, but he kind of knew how to get out. I never, I've never experienced anything like yeah. that before. And, and that first hour window i mean you could catch them on every cast for right. you know that hour till they you know to them heron went out of there but uh yeah it was a it was a great deal it was a great experience for our first class but you know i just i don't i don't ever want to go through that again because i was it was tra- i was train wrecked yeah you know yeah. i mean just like you oh yeah it was yeah. Un- it was unfortunate you hate you hate to look back on an event and blame it on something that right. that's a big thing for me like dude if, if i come in second or third or fifth and i and there's nothing, you know, you you can't look back and say, oh, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I like to put it all myself. But in that one, you can hypoth- hypothetically say, for, especially for you, if you didn't lose that first hour, you had a you had a legitimate shot to win. Yeah, and I, I mean, may it have been it would have been it would have been a different ball game. You yeah. Know? I mean, but who's to say it would have been different for everybody in the field? That's true. That's right. But you know, I'm not blaming on that. But you know, Casey could have caught 20 pounds because they were biting. You know, he mm-hmm. he knew what was going on. But in back in my mind, I would like to have seen it unfold differently and just to yeah. see how it would have went. Yeah. But you know, hey, the the thing about the classic is, ah, uh, you you kind of mess up in the, one of our qualifying tournaments. Guess what? You got another one coming in a a week or yeah or, or, or another month. Yeah, classic's only one time a year. One time a year. It's a mm-hmm. three day wham bam, and then you're like, dude, did that just happen? Yeah, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, you hold you you've won the classic before and holding the trophy overhead. I just couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing and that never gets old. And the opportunities don't come all the time. You got to mm-hmm. savor every one. Let let me let me flip it because something came up. We talked about Casey Ashley and something came came up. And I want to ask you your opinion on this. Um, spectator traffic is a big thing, and and especially when you go out and have a strong first day. Uh, I, I think you'll have a big spectator presence on you this year. You're one of the favorites. Um, there was an article uh, recently on Bass Fan, and you were right there at the top um, on fan prediction. And so I want to know your strategy on dealing with a large spectator following. And here's three that other guys use, and I'm gonna, I want to ask you what your strategy is. The first strategy is strategy I use which is to look back at them and curse them and curse and use use foul language to get rid of them. The second one is the strategy that uh, Cliff Pace used at the 2013 Classic, which is to blatantly lie about what you're catching. Yeah, they're five-pounders, and he calls them one-pounders on the bass track. And the third strategy used by Casey Ashley last year uh, at Hartwell Classic is he sings to the spectators. <laughs> What 
<laughs> what would your <laughs> if you have a huge folly with you? What's your what's your mindset going to be? What's the strategy you're going to use to deal with that? I'd opt for different from those top <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah, most <laughs> you know, I mean, and 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 I'm going to speak this one from the heart, really. You know, I I fished FLW for so many years. We never had a fan base, right? You know? I mean, there was 200 boats running around, so nobody knew who anybody was, you know. So yeah. I've never really experienced it as much. You know, last year, the Classic, they kind of came, but I had, you know, 15 or 20. and they, and they, But they all stayed so far away, it really wasn't that deal. But I don't know. I guess get a paintball gun or something. Yeah! <laughs> you know, I mean. Paintball gun. <laughs> but... It, I, I mean, it would be it would be cool, you know. I, I'm not that kind of guy that lets that kind of stuff distract me, you know, that much. I mean, yeah. it, it would kind of, I guess, it kind of fuel the fire in me if I had to be because, you know, if when you're catching one or you catch one in the classic and they cheer and all that stuff, yeah. To me, that would be totally awesome. Oh, that's that's the ultimate, man. That really pumps you up, takes you a different level when that happens, you know. You had as big a flotilla as anybody did. Yeah. Did it affect your fishing? It did. It did. It hurt me. And then the problem, you know, and it's it sucks because I don't think there was any malice for many of those guys. Mm. Like they were dude, they're fans and they I'm uh, dude, it's amazing that mm. 100 boats want to come see a fish. Dude, what an amazing thing, right. right? But when they followed me into that creek arm, you know, I felt it decompress the fish instantly, you know. Yeah. You know, if, if when they were at the mouth, it's okay if they had all stayed at the mouth. But they literally followed me into this creek arm, and you know, it was a it, the fish know. You know, when you have a hundred trolling motors, you have a, a, a yacht playing music, yeah. you have jet skiers. I mean, they know, <laughs> they feel it. You know, so I. But it did it did teach me a big lesson, and I think you know, at grand for me this year, I'm going to prepare for that and have some scenarios in my head on how to better deal with it. You know, so. You know, it is what it is. Well, you could ask Jacob about this. What could be even worse is that if I'm following you, I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's where the paint. I might use a flare gun. <laughs> Set your ass on fire. Yeah, if, he, if he comes out there, you're going to get asked to leave. you got to go. <laughs> the other hundred can stay. This yeah, guy. This guy yeah. right here, he's got to go. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. All right, Brian Carpenter, you, you ready to switch gears? I saw you. Okay, so uh, we've got – this is a very special guest joining us on the phone, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, joining yeah. us on the phone, we've got a very, very special guest joining us from his home in Newcastle, Delaware, Mr. Andrew Klein, who holds the new official Delaware state record largemouth bass. Andrew, how are you, how you doing? Guys, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks how you doing, by the way? I appreciate that. Uh, th- thanks for joining us tonight, man. Anytime you say state record, it makes me excited. What makes me more excited is you are in the tri-state area. You're one of us, man. Tell, I know. Right? Tell, tell, <laughs> just, just get right into it. Tell us about the fish catch. Tell us about the moments leading up to it. And tell us about after you got that thing up to the surface and you landed it. Tell us about how all that unfolded. Oh, man, it's a great story. I'll tell you what, and I'm going to remember it till the day I die. Um, I actually, I work at Johnson Controls, and I don't get a lot of time off. And I actually had, I found out last minute that I had Saturday off. And I talked to uh, my girlfriend's dad, Joe Lattice, and I was like, hey, I'm off. Uh, are you going fishing tomorrow? And he said, yeah, and uh, you're welcome to come. So we headed down next morning uh, to uh, Wagamans. It was uh, pretty slow for a little while. I caught a uh, pound-and-a-half perch. He caught a 3.9 bass. I lost a nice one, and uh, and then that happened. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, it was funny because we were about to leave. We were 100 yards from the ramp and 100 yards from the spillway. And uh, I was throwing the spinnerbait, and I was just slow rolling it, you know, like throwing it like a jig almost, like bumping it along the bottom, like raising it up, dropping it down. Yeah. And on the drop, it was it was a weird hit. It was like a subtle hit, you know. And I was like, all right. I'm going to, I'm, I gotta set the hook because I'm not chancing it, right? Because it was a slow day. Yeah. 
um, I set the hook, and at first I thought I had a, uh, I thought I had a snag. <laughs> you did. And they like, my line, my line just like took off. <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh man, I I got a big one here, Joe. I got I got a big one. I like, and I'm like tearing at this rod, and like I'm I'm hoping neither the rod or the line breaks, and I'm like, just keep the line tight. And reel this mofo in, you know. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I did. I brought him to the boat. Joe jumped on him on the neck, got him first swipe, and brought him in the boat. And we're both we both sunk down in our seats. We're like just like looking at each other. That's amazing. Looking at the fish. We're like, how much did that thing weigh? Happened? Is this real? Wow! <laughs> wow! That was in. And just to clarify, the weight on it was. 11 pounds, 10 ounces. Wow. Um, 11 pounds, 10 ounces. 27 yeah. inch length, 10 and a half yeah. inch girth. That is correct. That's a beast, man. So so this thing's in the net. It's in the bottom of the boat. You guys are looking at each other. What Are, are you are you yelling? Are you just, is your heart pounding? Oh What's going on? At first, my mind was blown. I didn't know what to think. It was like, I see this monster bass laying on the boat, and I'm, I'm like... <laughs> Speechless, you know. I'm like, oh my god, like I'm shaking. Yeah. I mean, you know that feeling. Oh, you I know. Monster bass, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, the interesting thing, real quick, Andrew, is I get that feeling even when they're 12 inches. I get that same <laughs> right. feeling. So I know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I catch like a five pounder, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so I pick it up and I'm holding it, and Joe's like. It looks like about nine or ten pounds. I'm like, Joe, this thing feels over ten. I'm gonna say eleven. Yeah. He goes, if you if it's eleven, you got the state record. Wow. So uh, wow. he takes out a scale. Um, it's a uh, the blue mustad scale says eleven twelve on it. So his scale was only two ounces off. Wow. So we called uh, Bill's shop in Lewis, and uh, yeah, we booked it on down there and got it officially weighed. Uh, Sergeant Trimmer uh, certified it, and it blew up from there. Wow, that that that's amazing. I mean, we're we're as you're talking, we're looking at the picture of that fish, and it's amazing. It's disgusting. It's so big, <laughs> isn't it? Right? Yeah. It, Wagamans has the most beautiful fish I've ever seen in my life. Wow. They, wow. They like a lot of people tell me, and I believe it. They look like Florida bass. Well, I got two questions for you. What, what was the previous Delaware record, and what was your previous personal best? How bad? How bad you beat it by? <laughs> the uh, previous was uh, ten pounds, ten ounces, so I beat wow. it by a whole pound. A wow! Pound. Yeah, Good God! Wow! That's huge. Yeah, everybody's saying like this is gonna blow up. I didn't believe it at first until like social media exploded. I'm like, oh my God! What I've never been like had this much attention on me in my whole life. <laughs> What kind of spinnerbait did you catch it on? Yeah, what what was the spinnerbait? It was a uh, striking bleeding shad. Um, I had a uh, a uh, red uh, worm with a uh, a long tail as a trailer, kind of like to make it look like a blood trail, you know. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it, it worked excellent. That's what I caught the perch on too. Wow. Now a lot of a lot of people when I fish a spinnerbait I use twenty pound test, but I know a lot of people are lighter than that. Did you have this guy on light line? I have fourteen pound. Wow. Nice. Well, I, I mean, you don't expect to catch eleven pound bass in Delaware, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Andrew, what what happened to this fish? Did it get put back in the lake? Did it? Uh... Oh yeah. Absolutely, I put it back in the home. Where we got it from, it was actually safe and sound and energetic. And that, to be honest, that was me and Joe's primary concern. Good for like, you. We wanted this fish to live. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Well, congrat- oh, yeah. congratulations. Like- and, and how do you think you'll do with this year's classic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just an amateur. I'm not a person, you know. But, uh,. I mean, I I just love fishing. It's just it's in my blood, and I'm addicted to it like any other fisher. You know what can I say? That's awesome. Are you uh, are you surprised that we were the first ones to 
call you from a big national show, or did Oprah or Ellen DeGeneres call you before this? <laughs> you guys were the first. Oh, like, uh, we're the first. <laughs> Brian DeCarpenter, good job. Right, Your producer got a hold of me like immediately. So That's I'm what's like, up. I'm He's... like, of course I'm going to do like show you kidding? <laughs> he, just, he just wanted you to take him fishing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I keep seeing pictures of... Uh, this is your watering hole now that you told everybody you got a big bass out of there. <laughs> yeah, you'll, like a ton of people fought all around it. Yeah, you'll have a couple thousand boats out there next weekend for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> place is hey, I don't care. I, I got a good one now. I'm very, very happy about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I, Andrew, that's a fish of a lifetime. I can tell you, you know, no growing up in this area, man, you know, shit, an 11-pounder. It's hard to come. Dude, in Florida, Jacob, 11-pounders oh, yeah. are to come by in Florida. Anywhere in the country, you right? got 11-pounders hard to come from. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I have to give credit to uh, Joe. He's been my mentor. He's taught me everything I know about bass fishing, you know. He, he, he The dude's awesome at it. He's caught lots of fish in his lifetime. He's been doing it whole life, you know. Yeah. And I just got to give him credit because it was his boat. And like he taught me everything, so that's, that's awesome. awesome. Well, shout, shout out to Joe, Joe, yeah. good good man, good net nice job, done, Joe. That's, a, yeah. that's an and, awesome. Uh, that's an awesome. I also gotta give a shout out to the Bass College with Steve and um and um Mike and uh their their tips and tricks are incredible. Like uh, I don't know if anybody knows about it, but they're about us section on the the BassCollege dot com tells them all about them. So I mean like. They're incredible. I love those guys. Cool. Well, Andrew, I can tell you, man, that is a fish of a lifetime. So proud of you for catching that. I hope that goes on for another 10 or 20 years. You live on with that state record. And uh, thanks for carving out some time for us tonight on Ike Live. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks and a lot, buddy. I hope it lasts that long. I would like to hold on to it and enjoy it for a while, you know. And hey, when when you graduate from the junior college, you can come to the Bash University for your final yeah! degree. Yeah! Right on. <laughs> Diploma time, baby. Diploma. All right, Andrew, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. You have a good one. Okay, we'll do. Congratulations. Eleven pounder, dude. For this area, it's a giant, dude. I've not caught an eleven pounder. I haven't either. I've not caught eleven pounder here in 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 this yep. area. I've got I've got four, five, tens, but I've never broke that eleven pound mark, and that's years of fishing in Texas and Florida. Jacob, what's your biggest fish today? Twelve one. Twelve one. And where did it come from? Texas. What what lake? Um, not the one, the one just above uh, Falcon, the one they all, catch the other big ones. Amistad. Right. Yeah. Amistad. Yep. yep. I caught it with a uh, buddy of mine, Mark. He went. He took me down there, and actually, it's a funny story. He he fished a tournament the day before, and he said he was going by all these two and three pounders that he'd seen on a bed. He was looking for giants, you know. And uh, so we're going in his pocket where a bit, uh, like a ten pounder was, and I said, "What's wrong with that five pounder?" He said, "Man, that's a two pounder." I said, "Dude, that's a five pounder." Well, what was happening was they were so deep. He thought that because they looked so small, uh, you know what I'm talking about yeah. down there. And it was flooded up in there, so we stayed that week, and then we went back like two weeks later. And uh, a guy, another buddy that that I met from down there, went there, and I caught it on a big spook they had done spawning. Well, this spook was about that big. I caught it on that. Well, just on, I mean, it could have been eleven fifteen or whatever, but yeah. on his scales, it weighed twelve one. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a giant. Wow. I said, "There's no way this is a bass," and you know, it was a yeah, that's was, awesome. LA's but that was back it. when it, nobody really knew. In its know. heyday. Yeah. Yeah, those first three or four years before it started getting killed was, was the deal on, on that lake. On topwater, no less. Wow. No doubt. What was that bite like? Was she, it, was it she just kind of, like, you know, I mean, it was coming like this, and, you know, the water is really clear there. You can see really long lakes, and I was yeah. like, man, I got a, one behind it. And she was just kind of underneath it, and she just kind of, like a, she just sharked it, you know. It wasn't yeah. like it was co-woosh or not like that. Yeah. It just... She grabbed the whole thing. I had her. I think I had her with one hook or something in the, in the side of her, uh, side of her head. Wow. Wow. That's a, what a monster. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. You want to take a break? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we still have a lot of show left, Pete. Don't you start yawning on me over there. <laughs> I see you yawning. He's been killing me all evening. Come He's on, been yawning, man. and it makes me yawn. I'm yawning? Right. Yeah. You, you started got your I'm on the edge of my seat, Dude, man. you got your Wawa coffee from Pete's favorite Wawa. You know Don't what you it is? Yawning? I'm just dreading the Polish jokes because I feel like they'll all be directed at me. No, Don't they're worry. not going to be directed. Hey, he's got some Polish in him, too. <laughs> I do. Uh, do you? Yeah. Absolutely. I've got po- Dude, I've got like, I'm a mutt. I've got like 20 <laughs> things in me. Uh, listen, thank you for tuning in. Stay with us. We're going to take a super short break. When we come back, we're going to be asking Jacob more questions. We're going to officially start our Stump the Polak contest. <laughs> and we're going to talk about a couple things that happened on the road Uh-oh. with Jacob. A couple secret things. Hang in there with us. More Ike Live <laughs> when we come back. That face was priceless. Titty bars. <laughs> <laughs> 